Hello, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz, and I wanted to share with you what may be the most critical warning of our time. We are all aware of the blitzkrieg against our faith, but most people are unaware of how this new assault has targeted our bodies and our very DNA. Indeed, modern technology is now poised to destroy and remake humanity into a new image. Join us as Reverend Kevin Jessup, the president of Global Strategic Alliance and advisor to world leaders, shares accurate insider information about how America is in jeopardy. Then Dr. Jose Bonilla, who wrote the book on mRNA and has over 30 years in research in the pharmaceutical industry, will share how modern technology can not only change our DNA, but how this is the world's most dangerous idea. According to Hosea 4.6, God's people can perish for lack of knowledge. Join us as we share the information that could literally save an entire generation. Now is the time to reaffirm these ancient warnings to an unsuspecting population. As Jesus commanded us in Luke 21:28, pastors and Christians are supposed to stand up for the truth of what is happening. More importantly, the pulpit may literally be our last chance of stopping the world's greatest deception. Our sponsors are Somebody Cares Tampa Bay, All Pro Pastors International, Make America Free Again, Protect Our Children Project, United Pastors of America, County Citizens Defending Freedom, Serving Others in Love Ministries to Honduras, and the Supernatural Junkies Podcast. Our sponsors of this event are so convinced of the eminency of this message that we are inviting all pastors to attend free of charge. You can register to attend live or via Zoom by going to Eventbrite and searching out the conference, or you can click on the QR code on the screen. But please hurry, because seating is extremely limited. Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm super. She is super, and I am natural today. And oh. I will be the Dr. Junkie. You are definitely well, you're, a junkie. You're going to have to be a junkie ninja. Donkey Ninja. Dr. Junkie Ninja. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we are the Supernatural, Supernatural junkies. junkies. Coming at you. Hey, folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies, and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly what why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our bodies. Hello, welcome to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex, and we have a full house yet again today. We have Dr. Kevin, who is, what are you? I'm going to be duper today because we have so many supers. We do. <laughs> and, and we're going to have a super and a duper. Getting to that, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, we have a super duper with us today, but we also have Dr. Dennis. Not that he's not a super. I think he's supposed to be the super duper, right? No, Dr. D's the Wait, super duper. I'm who's Dr. Be- D? Doc- I think uh, I'll surprise everyone and be the junkie. <laughs> Ooh. Because I am addicted to the truth of the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And that was Dr. Dozer. He is here with us again today. Stay tuned for today's episode because at the very end, we have a very important announcement you don't want to miss. So that being said, let's well, go. Well, this is our second episode with Dr. Dozer today. And we've kind of been in a series and you could call this the the Debbie Downer series, but you also have to call this the, the, the reality that we're, we're trying to make apparent is that we're having some real problems in America and that these problems are, they have consequences. Super duper problems. That's right. And um, so we feel like with all the things that are happening in America, you know, I mean, I think about this like a child. You know, when, when my dad used to say, you know, I'm going to talk to you about this, and if talking doesn't work, then we're going to do something else, and you're not going to like it, right? And so that's that discipline that a father, you know, has for his children, and you can see here that that God has been giving us warnings of things that are happening in this country for quite some time. Uh, We covered the harbingers. We've covered the, you know, just basic history about how Rome imploded and how there's some similarities to to us. We covered some Bible history. We've seen how Israel, again, thinks they're the chosen ones and God is blessing them. And then just a few generations, they fall away from God. And Mm -hmm. then that discipline that God has. And so we can see these patterns starting to become very strong in America. And so that's what we talked about in the last session where, you know, Dr. Dozier, we're going through Matthew 24, and he talked about how that they would divide us from ethnos to ethnos, meaning ethnicities, yeah. right? It translates it nation against nation, but it's really the fact that that's, this is one of their strategies to divide and conquer the world is to actually divide us ethnicity, right? And that means that's why they're playing this race card. They're trying to create hate. But in Christ, we know what? That there is no Jew, no Greek, nor Scythian. There is none of that. That's all. There's the fatherhood of God, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the story. And that's why we are all his children, and that establishes that, that brotherhood of man. And then we talked a little bit about how the church is falling away. And we really have false preachers, maybe more than, than I've ever seen in my lifetime, although mm-hmm. we've had some doozies in the past, for sure. Uh, we've seen some real true cults, you know, and we still sto- tell stories about that. So... You know, I, Dr. Dozier, uh, as I've gotten to know him better, has had some, you know, and you've, on a few podcasts, he's talked about some dreams that he's had, and you're going to get to hear all three of them today uh, because you're going to see that these are kind of going somewhere that we don't want people to perish for lack of knowledge. We want them to be aware that things are changing in America and that Christians need to make some changes. And the big change is where Dr. Dennis, I know, wants to go today, and that is about learning to trust, trust God during the difficult times that may be ahead for us. Yeah, we have a lot coming up, and and I know it. Um, we need some endurance, but I think what we really need is uh, is some repentance. Amen. And so when we speak, folks, we're speaking to those who call on Christ um, as the body of Christ and being part of the church. 
you know, we need to repent. Um, and as Kevin said, as the judgment starts with the church first. That's right. So um, I thought I was quoting you on that one. No, that was I think it was First Peter. <laughs> but um, I do have a scripture for the day, and I think this is going to go in line with what uh, we're going to cover today. So Revelation chapter two, verse one: the loveless church. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write. These things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. That's Jesus. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Mm. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, mm. or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So well, I think that scripture is going to be pretty applicable to our topic today. Well, you know, honestly, we all seven of those churches are probably have something to do with America. We have probably all of those there. But, you know, this is going to be, I think, a great episode because you're going to get to see the culmination of where the Holy Spirit has really been leading you know, especially Dr. Dozier, and I know on all of our hearts, you know, that that this is not over, that, that our hope is in Christ as we move forward. We see this falling away of the church. This is the call for us to repent of that, and that repentance really does begin in the church. So, Absolutely. Right, doc, Dr. D? Absolutely. Bring it in, Dr. D. Bring it in. Yes, absolutely correct. Uh, <clears throat> I was uh, listening to the reading uh, from the scripture by Dr. Dennis and what really should stick out to us is where Jesus says you've left your first love Mm -hmm. and when we look at scripture and it comes to the two greatest commandments the first one was Jesus said love the Lord your God with all your heart your mind your soul and your strength and you then you love your neighbor as yourself the problem, the problem with the church was not its doctrine. Uh, the problem with the church was its love. Yep. Well, if we go to, if we go to, let's say, twenty twenty three, you you have churches today that fit in that same category. Uh, good doctrine, but the love life. The love of God, the love of Christ, uh, may not match what they're teaching. And so you end up with preaching the word of faith, but not having the works which follows it. But we even have a worse state in some cases where not only is the love of Christ missing, but the doctrine is off as well. And you have to ask yourself the question then, well, is this really of Christ? If if the doctrine 
is off, if the doctrine is heretical, and there's no love for Christ, then where is the love? Mm. Where is that love going? Where, who is receiving this love? Well, wouldn't we even question whether or not that's a church? Right, exactly. I was just Exa- thinking it's exactly, hollow. Exactly, hollow faith. exactly what I was bringing out. Where, who is it? And if it's not for Christ, then it's not his church. Hmm. And I believe when you, uh, well, no, when you begin to see yourself as the church because of a building or because of a fictitious name for those who do not know, when churches have names such as uh, uh, Mount This, Mount This, or Relax, Assembly of Faith. I just, I'm doing that with, <laughs> well, these are fictitious names. They're names that you file for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, are, we are really the Church of Christ. We are the bride, and I'm not speaking of the denomination. We are the bride of Christ. We're mm. bought, we're blood bought by him. And so we belong to him then what we should be doing is speaking what he has spoken and we should be doing what he has commanded. And I believe that's when you look in uh, Revelation chapter 2, uh, that is what we're seeing, the, the lampstands, the churches and Christ reversing in the churches. And then the question here is even the stars, the stars being the messengers, uh, angelos, angels, which can also speak of the pastors, are these stars... Are these stars, are they speaking the word of God to the assembly? Once again, not speaking of the denomination, but to the assemblies of God, to the churches that come together. Mm. Yeah, that, those are good points, Doc, because, the, you know, you have a lot of these churches today, and we're not going to focus in on any one denomination or what have you, but they're preaching an empty, empty gospel. You know, there is no, there's no meat there. It's uh, what, what, what uh, my brother and I have coined for years. It's sloppy agape. Mm. You know, oh yeah, yeah, everybody loved this and that, but then it's like, and then you hear a message from the church, and you're like, wait a minute, he didn't mention Jesus once. He may have mentioned God a couple of times, but that can mean any God, right? You know, Jesus is very mm. offensive. You know, everyone loves Jesus. Jesus, if you once you you tell him, well, he's a, he was a good man, he was a prophet, he this that. Once you say Jesus is God, whoa, whoa, people are like what, you know. And for those who would, I just want to say this for those who would be listening in, first time, second time, or numerous times, and you hear this, that'd be say, numerous. And you hear this, and you say, <laughs> subscribe, and you say, oh, I don't like church bashing. This is not church bashing. This is actually bringing out uh, what's happening alongside the church. Mm. There is that alongside the church that is now calling itself the church. I was I was looking uh, at a show the other day, and it was this transsexual that was mm-hmm. going to be pastoring in a Lutheran church. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yes, and if you could hear what was being propagated if you could hear what was being preached if you could hear what was being proclaimed and declared you would know if you are a person uh like those in Berea who searched the scriptures to see if those things are so you would know that this is not of God 
first and foremost, a person who tries and change from the image in which God has made them into an image which they desire to be, you know that that cannot be a person standing before mm. the people of God. Now he's people hating. No, we're not people hating. We're loving what God loves and we're hating what God hates. He hates acts of abominations and all types he of hates, sins. He hates evil. And, and it's time out for the church trying to qualify whatever it says by first mm. saying, I want you to know we love, we don't love everything. We love people and we desire to see people born again. As a matter of fact, those of you are out there, you can, I'm not going to go there. You can do it for yourself. Dr. Cruz may decide to do it. Dr. Dennis may decide to do it, but you can open up your Bibles to Psalm 5.5 and that'll solve what I just discussed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we want some church bashing. Let's just go to uh, Galatians chapters one and two. Paul in, in, in Galatians chapter one said, if anyone comes and preaches a different gospel, let them be accursed. Mm. And it says, if either I or an angel from heaven comes down and preaches a different gospel, let them be accursed. That's some church bashing. Well, it is. And, you know, we have this, you know, we are followers of Christ. We don't at some point get to turn around and say, we're the source of this. There is only one source. Mm -hmm. All of the inspiration, all of the glory, all goes to Christ. And that means that we don't know anything about Christ except for what is in the Word of God. Yep. We have to. The minute you depart from the testimony of the people that changed the world, that knew Jesus personally, you have departed from Christianity. You mm -hmm. know, and here's the other thing. If you just if you go back to this, this verse here, and I, I use it all the time, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And so you guys think about this. You know, I was when I was younger, I read that verse and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm failing the tests a lot. <laughs> yeah. But look at what it kind of indicates the test is. The test is your inability to what? Examine yourself. The fact that you examine yourself and are willing and open... You know, this tells you that something inside of you, okay, wants what God wants. That's the test. And you see, when a church is unwilling to be open to, you know, just examining themselves, not according to us, but what does the Word of God say? Right? Yeah, yeah. Once that happens, you, you are dealing with an apostate church. This is not the right attitude. Any church should be saying listen we we hear what you're saying right and they don't get defensive and they say well you know maybe we need to work on that right i mean that's a pretty good approach and you know you still have apathy that could be a line they're just giving you often uh, this is a big definition for a cult is when you're not allowed to question right and so the church the scripture tells us to question people speaking scripture right if, the, if they Absolutely. claim to have the word of god you should question that you should research to see if scripture backs backs it up if they cannot stand that or won't tolerate that that is usually the definition of a cult so dr dozer i wanted to ask you when um somebody is you know starting up a church because we're not church bashing but how come there's never any second baptist church or third baptist church is there shame in the second or third Baptist. I have, I have seen one second what? Baptist church. I have never. And I've always, <laughs> I was like, 
Well, is it a shame to consecrate that and say, hey, we're the Second Baptist Church. We're the Eighth Baptist Church. That is one that I'll have to say I cannot answer. What? Uh, as to uh, why they would not. <laughs> right. Perhaps there's a... to throw it in. Nobody Sorry. wants to be second. You know, perhaps... No, nobody likes to be a, second. First loser. As some people have, as you might say... Uh, Unions, perhaps there's, and I don't mean unions as in like we An have official union, teachers' yeah. unions and all yeah, yeah. Of that, but affiliations would be a better word. So there could be an affiliation as to as to that, but other than that, uh, I've never taken the time to research that. Yeah, one. it's probably not worth it. Anyway, sloppy agape. Mm-hmm. I love I love that term. It sounds like a semi delicious jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like when you said it, I was like, "That sounds good. Maybe with well, some bacon, I, we, some cheese." And when we agave? were when we were talking about that, my brother and I. I mean, the thing is, is that a lot of churches today are more concerned about converting people. It's almost like I have to put the, well, the seeker a, a friendly. Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we can go way down that road. That's, that's we should one That's episode. not biblical. Okay. We we should go down that. But road. Um, and I I went. Uh, to the biggest, the largest, the beginning of seeker-friendly services to Willow Creek Church back at in 1991, um, and uh, that's when Lee Strobel and Bill Highbills were there. And they, I mean, yeah. you talk about uh, a building. This building held 5,000 people, and they did five services a weekend. Wow. Okay. So, but that's addition to that, but. What I'm saying about is with the with the sloppy agape movement is that is that it's a doctrinal thing that they that they they are gotten away from being more disciplined, right. and they worry about conversions rather than disciples, and that's yeah. that's pretty sad. And they're also worried about their 501c3. Right, they don't like to rep- they don't like to talk about repentance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sin. Who, who, who talks about hell anymore? Yeah. Right. Jesus oh, talked yeah. about hell a lot, didn't he, Doc? <laughs> Another term I've heard used for that is greasy grace. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah, greasy grace. Wow. Where, but when With the side of sloppy agape. Grace is, grace is not a license to sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. What grace does is gives us the power and ability to walk a life that resists sin. That mm-hmm. is free of sin, which is something that we're afraid to say as believers as well today. Kevin, Kevin. I, hear, I, I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, we're all sinners, and we all know that." I, I never see the Bible referring to born again believers as sinners. That word "sinner" speaks of one who practices sin. Mm. Right. But we are, we are, we are now the saints of God. We're the chosen yeah. vessels of God. Yep. And what we're to do is we're to work out our salvation. In other words, begin to frame our lives with with reverence to God. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference uh, that we that we see. I I understand clearly when speaking of of this love and and seeker friendly and love is used in a way more so as the Bible tells us not to love, love, not the world, neither the things of the world. And when we're just basically saying love in spite of grace, in spite of this, just love, it becomes a it becomes a worldly love because everything goes. If the word says whom the Lord loves, going back to the seven churches, mm-hmm. he rebukes mm-hmm. and he chastens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that he shows you your faults. Mm-hmm. Then he disciplines you and teaches you so that you know how to live. And a believer, we're to follow Christ. We have to show the faults from the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not the believer 
that's judging, but it's the Amen. word of God that's, right. that's made the determination Absolutely. as to whether or not your life is one that's pleasing to God or not. Well, that's when, when you told me that we've been getting some feedback about being Debbie Downers and stuff, and, and I've listened to every podcast we've done, and it may come across a little bit that way, but if you're in the word of God every day, as you should be as a, a Christian, a disciple of Christ, you will realize that what we are saying is coming from the word of God. And the word of God is there to judge us. It's a mirror, as James talks about. We're looking in the mirror. You don't want to forget what you look like. He said, you, he goes back, go and practice your faith. You know, faith without works is dead. Not the works where you you're not going to work your way into heaven, but it's the works of, of Christ. Of what we were made for good works. Well, and, you, and you, that, know, you go back to that other passage. It talks more about discipleship, or not discipleship, but discipline. It says that no discipline ever seems good at the time. Absolutely. And so, you know, we're here. We're trying to tell you the truth. We're trying to tell you what people won't talk about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you're going to see more why we decided we had to go there. Our, mm-hmm. our spirits are heavy. We want to talk about almost anything else, but we feel like we would not be a good father figure, right, or spiritual person. There's no reason to listen to us if we're not going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And we feel like God is telling us that, that there, where are you going to be when, when God judges a miracle, you know? So that's why I want you guys, you know, Dr. Dozier's been on here before. He talked um couple times about you know a vision and kind of a a word that he felt for america but he's had another one and i think if you hear all three of these together you know when he said it you know i felt it and it's exactly where god has been leading us and so i want to see hopefully i know this these types of stories and dreams will really reach some people in ways that a a bunch of talking just can't uh the first one in this in this series i've had a number of things uh from the lord in the past over the years i'm not one that hears something every day every month every week and then sometimes not even every year but in there was something given to me in uh 2012 november 13th but i'm not going to discuss that one just bring out that in that one it was revealed to me that corruption would be in America. But on March 8th of 2020, I was given something uh, and in my heart and my spirit, the Lord was directing me to get up and write it. And I said, okay, as soon as I put on my shoes, I'll write it. And I felt a strong functioning saying, write it now. So I sat down at my table with a pen in my hand and here it is. This is a word of wisdom given to me on March 18, 2010. In this hour, no harm shall come upon my church, though the territory of this plague is vast, its devastation is limited. Now, when I heard the word plague, I play, and it was again plague. The government means you no ill. It is responding according to its own understanding. For the church, this is a time and a season for evaluation of your faith and your spiritual condition. Wow. 
I am, and this speaks of the Lord, I am looking at you, the church, in order to purge you of what is not like me. Mm. This isn't the end. Be encouraged. I am is preparing you for what lies ahead. Endured through this time and season, trusting and relying upon me. My promises are true. Now, in September of that same year, one sentence. That's 2020? Yes. Yep. One sentence was spoken to me. And the sentence went as such. The things that are taking place are leading to what is to come. And I have to say, when I'm, I, I don't go and say, well, this is what this, because when it comes, I don't know. I feel a reverential fear. So what is being said, I don't know what it's going to be, but it was the things that are taking place are leading to what is to come. And we've seen, seen a number of things. Now, there was one that I had some time after that. And this one was a dream. The first one that I gave you was spoken to in my spirit. This one was a dream. And in this dream, uh, it was somewhat personal. I was in this city and there were a lot of monuments. And I had uh, my son with me and a couple of my grandsons. I know I have a young sounding voice, but I do have grandsons. Okay? And, dig um, it, dig it. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, as we were in walking in this city down these sidewalks, there was this jet, this jet in the air. It came across and here was the strange thing helicopters hover but this jet stopped and hovered and as you know in a dream you could see many things that are taking place but I could see inside the cockpit the pilot was wearing his 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 headgear his helmet with his oxygen mask the face the face uh shield was black was it Tom Cruise and <laughs> was it Tom Cruise no it wasn't Tom Cruise this was before Top Gun too. and and he was vicious it was it was vicious he was very very vicious I could see that in the dream he was vicious now, there were no rockets flying out, no, no 20 mic mics or nothing like that, no rockets flying out, but it was like a huge, it looked like a huge dust cloud that just dropped, a dust beam, should I say, that just dropped down, it was very wide, dropped down from his jet, and when it hit the ground, there were great explosions. So I grabbed the hands of my grandson and I began to run, we were running to go to some cover, and there were these very, very large doors. They were glass doors, large, I mean, very, very large. And they were dark. They were dark. The doors were dark. They were literally black. And I asked the question, how did this happen? How did it come to this? How did they get here? I'm thinking, how did they get past our radars? How did they get past our air defense system and all of that? I was thinking, how did they get past all of these things? Because in the dream, this was the heart. It was the center of America. And then it was spoken to me. They did not come from the outside. This came from within. The place where I was, while these monuments were and everything, turned out to be Washington, D.C. And in that dream, I was told it did not come from the outside, but it came from within. The attack came from within. And it was, it was very sad. 
Now, one I had recently, that was some years ago. This one I had recently, uh, this was February 7th of 2023. And in this particular dream, it was as close to reality as I've had in any dream. I found myself in a field on the side of a road and it appeared to be at sundown. In the field, there were numerous men along with myself. The men were quiet and calm, unarmed and fully dressed. On the road directly in front of the field, there was a man who appeared to be a military officer. Also on the road directly in front of the field, there was what appeared to be a small armored vehicle with a gun mounted on top of it and a gunner behind it. The man appeared the man appearing to be a military officer gave an order to those in the armored vehicle to execute all that were in the field. The driver of the armored vehicle began to slowly drive across our front and the gunner opened fire. Men began to fall to the ground, but none appeared to exhibit any fear, including myself. Even though I did not fear, I wanted to survive. I was not on the front row. Yes, there were rows of men. I was not on the front row, but as the bodies fell to the ground, I myself was shot several times. Before the execution type shooting ended, the military officer ordered the driver to do one more pass by and the gunner continued to fire. Afterward, they left the scene. I did not die. And I believe there were a few others who did not die. In the dream, I crawled towards the road. In the process, I had to crawl over some dead bodies. When I got to the edge of the road, that is where I came out of the dream. Once I awakened, I found this dream to be more realistic than any I'd experienced in my life. And I'm, I remember, I'll never forget when you told me that dream and you told me how when you woke up that you, you couldn't breathe. It when was I like up, you really did get shot. When mm. I woke up, I could not breathe. And I was I was taking these deep, I mean deep, deep breaths and blowing air out. I was inhaling deeply and exhaling. I mean very long exhales. It was as though I was trying to build my lungs back up. Uh, and this went on for about 20 Minutes went on for about 20 minutes. Mm. And when my wife uh, finally awakened, but I was hoping she'd awaken at that time. But when she finally awakened, I began to tell her, she said, yeah, I heard you. You were, uh, you were dreaming. I said, no, for the last 20 or 30 minutes, I have not been dreaming. I said, I have been trying to breathe. And it was as though I had no air left in my body and, and when you told me that i thought you just got shot you have pneumothorax yeah you yeah. cannot breathe and yeah. you wake up this way it's like god was just he made it, this made, it out. made it real he made it real how in the world did you have a dream and you can't wake up and you can't breathe you dr know? dude what are your feelings about your interpretations of these dreams to yourself or have you spoken to anybody who does any dream interpretations or anything? I have done it 
in the past, as I said, I don't have them uh, all the time, but I do, I do have them and I do uh, believe, and I do, I do believe it's God. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when I would sit on the edge of the bed mm-hmm. and I'll pray and I'll ask. And then for example, um, for example, the, uh, the first one uh, that I gave you, mm-hmm. uh, I was given an understanding of what was taking place there. The the second one, uh, it wasn't in the dream, but as I prayed, it was that was Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and how it would be destroyed from the inside. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I will go back to 2013. I saw something. 2012 of November, I saw something that really, really hurt me to my heart. Mm. I saw people going on Facebook and it was like, it was a war. And some of these people, now this really, this is real. Mm-hmm. Some of these people were Christians. Mm-hmm. I noticed, I believe you had uh, uh, former President Barack Obama and Mitt Romney running against one another. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing things, I was hearing vitriol, hearing things about a candidate mainly because uh, Romney would have been the candidate that people really, really knew nothing about. Right. Uh, and I was hearing all of these things, boom, 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 whether you were going to go that way or not, but I'm hearing it mm-hmm. and, and these people arguing and the day in which it was over, when the election was over the next day, I just popped it up and it was quiet mm-hmm. as though a hornet's nest had calmed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the ministry that day, somewhat grieved. And as I, Got out of my car, saw a small piece of paper on the lawn, and the way I am, I see anything. I'm gonna, I like to just straighten it out. Right. And I bent over to pick up this piece of paper, and this is this one. I didn't need an interpretation. It was given to me clearly. The inter, as a matter of fact, interpretation was given in a dream, and it was like a vote is like a seed. Whenever you cast the vote, you are expecting from that vote mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well first came with the seed whenever you scatter seed you sow seed you expect the harvest from right. that seed right and it was like just as you expect the harvest from that seed mm-hmm. there will be a harvest from this election and that harvest will be corruption mm-hmm. and it was not because of the person right but because they looked at the person as the messiah instead of me yep And I was honestly terrified. Mm -hmm. I was really, really terrified because I thought the church was in trouble. And then I went to this, she had it with Dr. Kevin. I went to this, this, this meeting, you call it revival. And there were like about four churches there. And I had to make some type of announcement. And then boom, when it came there was like, now I'm I'm about two months later. And I heard, tell them now. Hmm. And I'll be honest, I'm physically. Now, there, how I'm, many people, you got to set this stage. Yeah. So how many people were at this thing? A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> how, and how many pastors were there? You had about maybe anywhere from, you might have had about anywhere from four to six pastors. Okay. I said, tell them now. And I didn't just start talking. I hesitated. I looked around and hesitated. And it right. had a strong voice. Could tell them now. All right. And when I shared it, some people began to cross their arms, and you could. I'm looking and the body language. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I went to that portion where where it was you looked at them at, the, at him as the Messiah instead of me, 
everything just went down. And then he gave me more. He said, now tell them to repent. Right. And it happened in there. The person that was supposed to minister the word that night said, I'm not going up there. That's right. And my friend, he's like my brother. He jumped up there. He jumped on the stage, but by the podium, he snatched the paper with the announcements. He pulled it away. Mm. He wasn't doing it in anger. What he was doing, he was supporting. He was saying, you say what God told you. He's a pastor. I'm here. Amen. You say what God told you. He snatched the paper. And I ended up being up there for about 45 minutes. But what happened during that year, there were, I believe I believe it was, um, was it, I think it was Barbara Walters. I'll say I think. But, but um, they, one was somewhat dismayed. And she said, we thought he was going to be the Messiah. Does anyone remember that? Yes. Mm. And so regardless of what you think about the person, God said it was how you looked at him instead of looking to me. That's right. right. And this is what has happened to America. I don't think people have forgotten that. We're looking at personalities and it is destroying us. Well, here's an interesting thing, too. You think about that. Obama was, you know, he was definitely it was a cult of personality. All right. He was the. Barack was Obama was a great speaker. Um, very charismatic. Are you yeah. very charismatic? And then, so he grabbed one aspect of the country, but divided the other aspect. And then it flipped when Trump won. And Trump, being very charismatic and also narcissistic, occultic yeah, personality, personality sure. they followed him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they put Biden in. And I did. <laughs> I said put okay for a reason because yeah. sorry. They're not they're, not. they're not. They're not. They're not elections. They're selections, and they. So they work in the crowd, if you would. Yeah. All right, and in that working of the crowd, there is judgment being upon the church, and 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 like we talked about, Kev, judgment begins with us first, right? That's why we read read the scripture we read today. It begins with us first. We're to look at ourselves, church, and judge yourself check to see if you're check your spirit see if you really are saved if you really do what what are you doing here and then we're to repent mm. because let me tell you something what happened the other day was a carnival show if anything else it was a sideshow and and this whole thing with the indictment or this fake indictment and all that they're just distracting you yeah. and if you're going to follow this like a cult Repent. If you're a Christian, repent. Going, just, just, I'll use the word we've never used it on the show. Piggybacking off of what you said, mm-hmm. I'm hearing you, and here is what is happening with the, with portions of the church. And and I, I want to hit this again for those that oh Debbie Downer, please, you need to hear this. Uh, I believe that God has watchmen on the wall, and watchmen are not there to take you to a carnival or the festival watchmen are there to sound the alarm and i believe what has happened with the great portion of the church is that it has entangled itself with the affairs of this life and that means it has intermingled it has intermingled itself it is so intermingled itself with different groups and with politics and all of those not saying that you should not be concerned because you should be concerned about the political powers of your nation because that determines the rise or fall of your nation but we become so intertwined until i don't even know in some cases if god's word is secondary 
And that is, and God will never take second place. He's not going to do it. It has to be primary. And when it's primary, then he's going to be first and up front. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. So this is from 1 Samuel, right? Uh, Chapter 8, verse 6 through 7 we will do. And this is their, they're asking Samuel, right? They, they want a king. These the people, the Jews want a king. They ask him. Okay. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not that they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods so that so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. I mean, that's that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're yeah. picking. Well, we're to, saying, hey, give us a king. Give us a king. Let me piggyback on that. First, John, chapter two, 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father but is of the world you know now, that's not the globe he's talking about that he, it's the world system mm-hmm. cuz you know hey we're we're to appreciate what god god's creation you know his 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 created nature and so forth but that's talking about the system well if you look at dr dozier's dream and i want to go back to that mhm when he put anybody between you and God, right? Originally, God wanted us to be what? A nation of priests. That's what he wanted them to be. But they said, Moses, you go talk to God. Let us talk to God lest we die. And now we have America. And this is why I know I want Dr. Dodo to make this transition because one of the key things I knew he had a word for us is because he was saying that we're not going to see any more political salvations Mm -hmm. in this country Mm -hmm. now i want you to hear that but here's why when when obama came in they put him in as a what a messiah Mm -hmm. okay and we created a cult right haven't exactly isn't it it's impossible to miss that the same thing is is happening with trump oh i know now it hasn't happened with biden particularly we don't (laughs) have a milk toast bob but you see here (laughs) it it cannot be missed that if the oldest strategy in the book mm-hmm. is to divide and conquer, it cannot be missed mm-hmm. that Obama polarized the right like no one in history. Mm-hmm. And same thing now, we have Trump yep. who's polarizing the right mm-hmm. more than anyone in history. Mm-hmm. And what God is saying to us is he is going to allow us to be consumed. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because why? We have dared to, to put Trump or or Obama Anything. as somehow the solution to this country. We're loving the world. You're loving the world. That's what I say. It's the world system. That's right. It, but think about these, all these, and I'm telling you, even in the conservative groups, everybody is like, they're, if you don't support blank, right? Mm-hmm. We all have to get on the blank wagon. Mm. And that is what they're doing. And they have literally divided us, and that is how they can conquer us. Wait, wait so, are you saying that the... The president currently, the one that had the most popular votes. Of all time? Yeah, of all time is what somehow not our leader. Well, he's had, of course, as you know, the least 
okay? Yeah. Favorable votes of anybody. Right. Jimmy Carter was on really quickly to say now he was not the worst president that we've <laughs> oh, ever no. had. I don't know if you ever saw those interviews, but that was really killing. I wonder, how, he, I wonder how he's doing because he was in hospice. Yeah. I haven't but, heard anything. You know, so when we went through, and I, I think everybody in America was, we were praying for a breakthrough with the election. We are praying for America, right? We are praying for the best choices that we have. Right? Well, the lesser of two right? evils. But you can see how, you know, God was really saying, the only way this will work is when you put me right. back exactly. where I'm supposed exactly. to be. It's like, it's like praying to win the lottery. Yep. God, let me win the lottery, please. No, so tell me what it. you mean, doctor, when you were saying, Dr. Dozier, you, why you don't think that we're going to see... Segway King. You know, more a political salvation. Back at it. Well, first and foremost, uh, political salvations have never been anything that's of God. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, we can say, uh, you could say a political resurgence, and we can say that God has used political leaders. We know that he used kings. Uh, David. David was a political leader. Solomon was a political leader. Josiah was a political leader. He used him to bring about a revival and reform. Uh, so, as I say it, that is important. But what has happened now is we have a country that is about 50-50 divided in two different directions. And we're not talking about 10 or 20 million people, including children. We're talking about about 330 million people so you're talking about 165 maybe 165 million people either way and if one party wins because we have a two-party system if one party wins then you're going to have it where half the people are not going to be satisfied with that because it doesn't fit their i'm going to use the word mores okay mm -hmm. Mores, when we look at uh, when you look at ethics, mores is where uh, a good number of the people, the majority of the people may see things a certain way and they want it a certain way. And it doesn't mean that it's right. There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end of those ways are death. OK. And then when you get another group, uh, let's just say you have a group that may and this is so that may lean more so to principles that we see in the Bible. We have to face this fact in America and stop this fake love stuff if you love God. Mm -hmm. There are some people who hate the things of God and hate the people of God. Recently, a couple was not allowed to adopt because they said in a, in a particular state that when they were questioned if the child was transsexual, would they support them in that? And they said no. So they were not allowed to adopt because they have a biblical world view. That's right. Okay, these are things that, listen, if you're sitting there, MSNBC, CNN, and even Fox, and this is where you get all of your information, you are going to be way behind mm -hmm. and in the dark. Because there are so many people out there. There are. There are a number of people out there, frontline people, doctors and lawyers and scientists who really believe in God. And their researchers, they're revealing truth about things that are transpiring. And somehow the world, uh, the world's uh, uh, Satan system, sensual wisdom, demonic wisdom, has gotten people to believe that the people who actually are the originators or the founders of certain things don't know what they're talking about. 
And so the church can't fall into that. So you're going to have you're going to have that if you're going that way, a, per, a group that's more so I look at biblical values. Half the nation is going to have a problem with that. And I don't see that bridge actually being crossed or, 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 or repaired. The only the only way that you can see changes in this nation is when Christ comes to rule and reign in the millennial realm. Mm-hmm. I've said that. I'm saying that, that that is a strong probability. All you have to do is look at history. Um, if I might go one more minute. Um, think about this saying, crossing the Rubicon. Where does that come from? In, Kevin Kevin it, Cruz in forty nine around Isn't forty around around forty nine <laughs> BC, Julius Caesar was I believe he was the governor of Germanica. He was called to come into Rome, and and he, he was his duty. He was no longer governor of that area, mm-hmm. but he had an army while he was in that area. Now, when you come back, you cannot bring that army. You have to disband that army. Julius Caesar refused to disband that army. Mm-hmm. So when he came across the Rubicon with an army that was committing treason and that ended up leading to a Roman civil war. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that you can't, oh, we don't want to talk about that. Oh, it's a Debbie. Da- no, it's a truth. There are certain lines that you cannot cross and expect to go back. So when you say crossing the Rubicon, what you're saying is you've gone too far to turn around. The die has been cast. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn around. So America is not far from that point. It's not far from that point. I do believe that there is an entity in this nation that has decided we are now going to make our move. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, it is not good. The reason it is not good is because it is satanic. Mm -hmm. It is not good because it is satanic. And if you keep being locked up into or say it's just political, then you'll miss the actual move and who it is working through. I had one thing that when you were talking about being hated and this scripture came to mind. John 15. Yeah, you know it. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because mm-hmm. you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You know, folks, um, I have to say that there's been, you know, probably five or six conversations that I've had with Dr. Dozier and where I call him and I will go, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Because this is what's on my heart. And, uh, you know, that's how he shared some of those dreams with me. You see, and so when you Mm -hmm. have something that God's been leading you and you call somebody Mm -hmm. and they have a word that God's already prepared, Mm See, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to look at any way. We, the reason why I wrote a book with Dr. Dennis and my wife, Alex, is because if somebody was sounding an alarm about all the things that were happening prophetically, mm-hmm. we're trying to say that when you talk about prophetic things, we're moving into prophetic times. Mm-hmm. We're going to see this one world government develop, mm-hmm. and they are going to come for you. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of people lost their jobs. Yeah. In our own country. They had to flee their own state because, so that they could yeah. could work. And this is only the beginning. 
You know, we have the who that's just in another month is going to be able to take over the whole world in a pandemic. Yeah, how is that? Be able to tell your church you can't meet what's going to go into your body. Remember, our line has simply been that, that there's a warning that we have to be able to say no to some things. We have to be willing to stand up for certain things. Yeah. You know, Satan's ultimate plan can't work if he doesn't get access to your body. Mm-hmm. If you let him control buying and selling, but don't forget mm-hmm. that one of the things that we see happen in Revelation was about how the, the, the saints that were martyred in heaven, were, they were martyred. Right, they were actually saying, pleading that 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 he should return quicker. Right, they were, when are you gonna when are you gonna judge them? Yes, and calling, and how long? How long? And, and, how long? Before you avenge our blood. Yes. That's exactly and then, it. And then the Lord, the Lord says Sin. for them. He he says for them. He says he has more saints. There are more who must die during tribulation. Mm. And and so that's another thing for people who sit back and say, well, we don't have this to worry about because the Lord is coming for us how do you know yep. we know he's coming how do you know when if you really if you really look at the scripture uh and then you back up say 200 years if you a person who study uh church history mm. and, and and different uh doctrines that develop over the last few hundred years you'll find that there are some things that are recent developments and it's not what the early church was waiting for Mm-mm. Is not what the early church, uh, they were told by the apostles that there were certain things that had to take place before Jesus returned. And those things were not good. The key is this. We have to endure until the end. Persevere. Those right. who endure to the end, the same shall be delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back, if I might, I want to go back to the uh, prophets of old. Because this helps us with how we see things today. And when it comes to end time prophecy. Their message was not really received by many. If it was, neither Judah nor Israel would have had to go into captivity. You see, Judah and Israel, yes, the kingdom was split because of the sins of Solomon during the time of Rehoboam. But neither one would have to go. But God would cause the prophets to rise early in the morning and he would have them to go and take his word. And God told them to repent of their idolatry and immorality some of the prophets were put to death others were scorned the people did not listen people love to quote what in jeremiah 29 11 i know my thoughts towards you the thoughts of good not to do evil but to give you in an expectation but they need to look at before and after the people were weeping at that time because they did not want to hear what god was saying and then when uh, a false prophet spoke and God put him to death and they saw that Jeremiah was the one really hearing from God, then they began to weep. There's always been those who've given you an easy greasy word to make you feel good. But that's how the enemy steps in when you're caught off guard. I should feel good knowing that one day Christ is coming for a bride without spot or blemish. I should feel good knowing that God has given me the power to overcome all the power of the enemy. I should not need to hear something that's fictitious to feel good. Or I should not need a sedative. The word is not a sedative. Mm. The word gives us answers to all things pertaining to life and godliness. Mm. Preach. And so I, I, I brought the prophets up. So I want to say this. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk. Mm. He wasn't too happy about what was taking place. 
He wanted to know why was there unrighteous judgment taking place in Judah? Why were the judges judging unrighteously? And and even the 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 enemy, uh, Lord, uh, they are more wicked than we are, than our people are, and yet you are coming down hard on us. I'm just paraphrasing it for you. So he wanted an answer from God. So he said, I'll stand on my watch. I'll stand on my watch and I'll wait to see how he will reprove me, how he will chide me and see how I will answer him. And then God spoke to him. I then God said this to him. He said to Jeremiah, he said, right. He said to Habakkuk, he said, write the vision, the Hassan, write the oracle, write the vision in that day meant differently before King James Version was written. It had a different meaning than what it has today. It speaks of a revelation from God. And he says, write what I'm telling you, write it on tablets and make it plain so that when the people read it, they can run with it. And so apparently when Jeremiah wrote what, when Habakkuk wrote what God gave him, many people got to see this. And he told them, even though the vision is going to be for a while, wait for it, it will come. But the just, this is our answer. This is what should build you up. The just, the righteous people of God shall live by their faith, by their trust and reliance upon God, by believing that his word is true, by giving their life over to him wholeheartedly, by having confidence that what he promised he is well able to perform. And if we believe that none of these things that are taking place will be a downer to us, but instead we will be showing true love and trying to win those over who are being deceived by these things. Hey, I told you he was super duper. I told you. That man can you preach, see, people. That's why I claimed the duper right out of the oh, box. Right. Well, you, I'm sorry. You got to give it back. I'm sorry. Hats out. Well, we'll give go. it back now. Preach. That's preach right. it, brother. You hey, know, come on. If we add to this, you know, because we're kind of running out of time, but, you know, it's very simple. The Bible says that he doesn't do anything unless he's revealed it to the prophets. Mm -hmm. And I told you the only reason I would have ever wrote a book, I do not like writing. I can't even type. I am a terrible typist. Yeah, the I, only yeah, reason we wrote that book is because if we'd have seen anybody talking about it, we would have just t pointed to them. Well, tell them how right? it started, though. We started this podcast because... This is the generation that we don't we don't hear it in the pulpits. We don't they're just not willing to talk about anything. No. You know, and this is a this is a Kevinism. It's somewhat biblical, but I come up with this idea and it's really simple. <laughs> biblical is that biblical, biblical and business minded. It's, it's it also works with business models. Of, it's, Alex, it's Minding one of his business. revelations. <laughs> but <laughs> when anybody teaches me a theology and this theology tells me that I don't need to read my Bible and then I could ignore these verses in the Bible, right? I know that that is not a good theology. Sounds like Thomas Jefferson theology. Right. <laughs> it really is. And so this is what I'm trying to tell you. Whenever we use the scriptures here, you have to deal with those scriptures, right? Absolutely. And make, yeah. your, make your case. Let everybody fully convince in their own mind. But that's the way we're going to roll. We don't have all the answers either. But as you see moving into prophetic times, and I believe that we've had these five podcasts now because I believe that Americans need to prepare for possible, not just a breach in God's protection, but when you look at the Isaiah 9, 10 effect, we could be talking about judgment coming upon America. Well, it's already And started. not only will we trust in our faith, but folks, it is time 
to look at some facts. We see banks collapsing. Yeah. There is a massive run on banks and people pulling money out. You need to have some food in your house. You need to be making a plan. You need mm -hmm. to be talking to your neighbors. There is a physical part to this that you mm -hmm. need to look at. You know, there's nothing wrong with having some gold and silver. You know, you can see what's going to be happening to our money, already been happening to mm -hmm. our money. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to be stupid here while we want to trust in the God and pray. Sometimes when I pray, I go, you know what, I'm going to be buying some XYZs. Right. Well, like the harbinger too, right? Which we've been tying into a little bit. What does it say after the plague? What comes next? Pestilence and famine. So mm -hmm. we are going to cover uh, harbinger two, um, and show you how That's this bismical. effect is bismical. And right. um, but we are also going to take a little break because we're also getting, you know, a little down sometimes about this, and we're going to get into some much funner topics for a little while. But we will come back to share that with you I, guys I, as well. But, but, I got a question for you guys. Who who is the greatest prepper in the Bible? Noah. Uh, mm. Dinner, chicken dinner. <laughs> so prepping is uh, biblical, bismical. It's bismical. Right, bismical. <laughs> but you know, like Dyke Jarvis. As he went from abysmal to biblical, he makes <laughs> <Right>. it together. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys listening, and I know we've shared our hearts. And uh, we have Alex? one last announcement. Uh, we want to announce that. The doc here, the one, the only, the Dr. Dozier, Dr. Dozer, as Kevin likes to call him. He is now a permanent member of the Supernatural Junkies. He Yay. is our fourth junkie. So and he won't be able to, to make it to every podcast because he's got a busy schedule too. But the bottom line is he's going to help us with planning. And we have a PhD yeah, and he's, pastor he's so leading good a Bible school. Speaking that we, I think he should be a pastor or something. Yeah, he, he is so a pastor. Good. He speaks oh, every week in his a, church. <laughs> that's right. We oh, wait, he gives the, us some gravitas. He right? does. He does. And, and the fact that he would uh, has all these degrees and that he would want to be a junkie <laughs> right in addition to his own God ministry, help him. word of grace and truth <laughs> help ministry. Me, Lord, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what because he's jo joining us officially today he gets to pray us out Yay. Amen. well i hope everyone uh was enlightened and enjoyed uh this podcast on today and it is our heart's desire to inform you and enlighten you on where we are in yes these last days jesus brought it out when he was in the earth that we're now in these last days we've been in them for about two thousand years now and it can be any moment any hour any second with the lord a day is just a thousand years a thousand years is one day he does yes. not live in time yes. so he can decide at any particular moment so we mm. do need to be aware of these things we need to be ready. We need to be examining our hearts, examining ourselves to see if we're really walking in the faith, examining as to whether or not we love God more than anything else, examining whether or not we will bend when it comes to our commitment of standing on the word of the Lord and doing the will of God. And I believe that if you can examine yourself and see that you're walking right in the things of God, you're being led by the Holy Spirit, not mm. fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I believe that you will feel, you will be uplifted in your heart and your mind. And with that in mind, I'm going to end in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time and opportunity to uh, come together and share with your people. I pray that your people have been blessed tremendously. I thank you for my brothers and my sister that are sitting here with me, Lord, who 
uh, are taking their time to pour into the lives of many. And as we leave on this particular day, mm. uh, we just pray, Lord God, that your will will be done as we know it will in the earth. We, we leave today lifting up our nation to you, Lord. We believe that our nation is experiencing perilous times and, 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 and much, many parts of our nation have forgotten you, have departed from you. But we thank you that there is a remnant in our nation. And because there's a remnant that trusts and rely upon you, we know that there is hope. So we do give you honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey folks, we just have some exciting announcements. Now that Dr. Jozer is here with us, we have a few things that we want to tell you that he's, he's up to. He's a junkie to be specific. He is. He's a supernatural junkie now. So um, what do you have coming up? What do you want to let everyone know about? Well, I, I, I want to just let you know that if you ever want to tune into the word of the Lord on Sundays, you can tune in uh, on wogat.sermon.net, W-O-G-A-T dot sermon dot net at 10 30 a.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Um, also, on Wednesday nights, uh, once once a month, we'll be playing uh, segments of the Supernatural Junkies. So if you don't get a chance to make all of them or you miss some or you just want to come in and sit with some people uh, to listen in to the Supernatural Junkies and have fellowship with others, we invite you to come and do so. We're at 3001 East Hannah Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33610. Our number is 813-903-8822. Thank you and God bless you. God bless you guys. About Pro Tandem, and it's why we have changed many things in our office to revolve around an anti-aging program. Not only did it help me boost my thyroid, which is really kind of an untreatable thing when it comes to nutritional, but we also saw my testosterone go up. We also saw my cholesterol go down, and of course, my blood pressure go down. We've seen remarkable things happen in multiple people. This is because there is more science behind Pro Tandem than almost any product on the market. The biggest thing oxidative stress just like the silver in your house tarnishes so does every single cell in your body but when you take pro tandem you can reverse that process not by taking more antioxidants but by making more antioxidants and of course we're talking about the super antioxidant glutathione not only does glutathione function as an antioxidant, but it also functions as an anti-inflammatory. And this can help with a lot of autoimmune disorders. So go to the supernaturaljunkies.lifevantage.com, the Tri-Synergizer under anti-aging products.